0: Hi, welcome to another episode of Amplify Your Soul. I'm Jen. And I'm Juliet. And welcome.
1: Today we have one of my favorite people on this planet Earth, Pat Longo, who was responsible for my spiritual awakening. And we'll talk about that in another episode. But I wanted to say thank you, Pat, for coming. You are a well-known healer and spiritual teacher in this uh, world of spiritual goodness, I should say. (laughs) And I wanted to say welcome. Thank you so much for being. here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it should be fun. So Pat, would you please introduce yourself and tell us about you and what you do? Absolutely. My name is
2: Pat Longo. I'm an international spiritual healer and teacher of spiritual awareness and several other hats that I wear past life regressionist and, uh, mom and grandma, uh, all those wonderful things that come with it. I started this probably, my gift arrived somewhere in the late 90s, uh, 30 some odd years or a little less than that. And I was going to a spiritual awareness class, just very much like I teach today. And I learned meditation. I had no clue what I was doing there, but I was led. And uh, three weeks in, my hands started to get really, really hot, like burning hot. I didn't understand it. And I would complain to my husband that my hand felt like hot pokers. I couldn't cool them down. So the following week when I went into class, my teacher, whose name was Holly, she's since deceased, and Holly told me to touch, put my hand on somebody in the class that was sitting next to me. And she had some um, soft tissue damage from an accident years ago, and it was a rainy Monday morning. So therefore, of course, uh, she was achy and she was distracting me, actually, because I was aware of her sitting in a folding chair, twisting and turning and twisting and turning. And so she, Holly asked me to move over on the couch and I did. She sat down. She said, put your hand on her leg. I looked at her like she had three heads. Why <laughs> would I put my hand on somebody's leg that I don't even know, no less. So I said, OK, and I put my hand on her thigh. Now, I don't even know who that girl was. I don't remember her name. I don't remember anything about it. I did nothing with my thoughts because I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Healer was not my classification at that moment. And when I put my hand on her leg, I would say two minutes and all her pain went away. So that was my introduction. And my head was spinning when I left that class. It happened just like that overnight and I didn't understand the why I went to the library I couldn't find anything new age at that time and I ended up getting a book out of the the bookstore um Barnes and Noble in the mall by me the next day and it said I believe it was called hands-on healing and I I poured through that book that helped me because I really didn't have anybody to make me help me understand What was going on? My teacher was a psychic. She wasn't a healer. There were no other healers in the class that I had met. So I started touching people, started practicing on my siblings, unbeknownst to them. But (laughs) I would take on their pain. I took it away from them, uh, pretending to give a massage for a stiff neck, putting my hands, massaging my sister's scalp who had a migraine, and they didn't know they were my guinea pigs. And I would go home with the migraine or the stiff neck. So I had a little chat with God, and I said, "Look, I want to be I want to be able to serve. i, I I'm open to this. I surrender. However, I cannot walk around with everybody's pain. And so my own intuition, based on the um, protection meditation that our teacher taught us, I enhanced it. I changed it and I, I worked it so that it worked for me. And next thing, you know, I had no problem. And I, I still, to this day, I utilize it every day and I do it between clients and because they're pretty quick with me, I have one coming in and the other one going out and one coming in like that. And, uh, I always protect myself immediately. I pull in God's light and healing. I'm I'm completely protected. I pull from the earth. I ground myself. I am shielded and I am ready. So it only takes me seconds to do it at this point in time. And it worked. And my life just changed. Everything turned upside down uh, in a good way. But people found me. I had to quit my job. Uh, I started in a part-time job, just going around to the tri-state area. I live on Long Island. So New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, people were calling me out of nowhere. And so I began, and then it, it got too big and I started teaching. I said, well, if I can teach people how to find the emotional traumas in their life and how to forgive them, I was basically counseling them at that point in time. Touching wasn't enough. Touching wasn't enough. If you touch someone and their pain goes away or their cancer goes away, and then they go home to the same abusive family or alcoholic father or uh, a, a miserable boss and a job that they hate, whatever is eating them up inside is creating disease in their bodies. It's always there. And it's an, some people don't even realize how far back it goes. It could go back to third grade, And I believe me, I have a million stories to back all of this up. But once I teach them how to heal the emotional part, the physical part begins to heal. So I said to myself, self, why don't you start teaching in a group, teach people how to heal themselves so they don't have to come see you. I was putting myself out of business, but that's not how it worked, but I did. It didn't, it didn't work. No, it was my intention. My intention was to help people learn how to heal their own emotional traumas and not get sick. Little did I know that by teaching them and meditating them, that they were all going to start opening up to their spiritual gifts. And then I found myself having to navigate through that and teach each one of them, depending upon what gift they, and everyone's unique. There's no one the same. There are no two people, no two snowflakes the same. Okay. We're three different snowflakes right here. And everybody else that will watch will also be the same. And it just, everybody had amazing gifts and sometimes their hands would get hot. I still know to this day, when someone hugs me, when people see me personally, I hug them before they leave. It's how I end that session. And I can tell you immediately who's a healer because they burn my back with their hands. So wow. I'm walking, That's amazing. Someone, if I shake someone's hand, I'll, I'll tell you uh, just a quick story. My son had a restaurant and one day cool, asked me if I could come in and make some deliveries or work on some tables or whatever, and you do what you can do. So I had a break in the action. I went in during the lunch crowd And as I was walking past someone, and I knew who he was because he owned the gym next door and he was a friend of my son and he was standing at the counter and I was on my way past, I was in a hurry. I was going to the back to put in an order and, or to pick up an order, I don't remember that, but I kind of hit him on the arm as I went by it. I, I actually stopped my fast steps and I backed up and I knew, I told him how hot his skin was, his arm. And we started to practice with it. That's what he just worked out that day. So because he worked out uh, his upper body, I felt the heat. So to me, when as a healer, I always felt people's pain by heat. It was It's kind of like a, for me, it's sort of like a metal detector uh, where somebody would go out over the sand. For me, when I touch, or when I put my hands above something, I, the intense heat, will come out my hands. Every now and then it's cold, every now and then. And the person, because every human is different, will tell me they feel cold air between my hand and their body. So it just shifts, it doesn't happen often for me, it's usually hot, Um, sometimes my hands feel ice cold, but the person will tell me my hands are burning hot. So it's an interesting thing, you know, we're all so different. Um, some people might feel vibration
0: when they heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. so, some can, I, can I interrupt yes. you for a moment? Jump in anytime. What is a healer? Like just <laughs> from the fundamental perspective of you're a healer, what does that mean? What we of course know, the, you know what healing means, but to you and what you do, what does it okay. mean?
2: What does it mean? It means that someone on a very high plane, much higher than me, is sending energy through my body and that energy is being transmuted and going into the person in front of me. So you could call it a spiritual healer. You could call it a faith healer because I have faith beyond, 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 because I told you the beginning of my story, it started just like that overnight. So when something starts overnight, I had to believe it wasn't me. I knew it was coming from someplace else. And Juliet, you you all know, I tell people all the time, it doesn't come from you. It comes through you. So it's coming from a higher power. Can I answer the exact question as to whom? No, the creator, the source, God, I was raised Catholic. So God is the first thing that comes to mind, but I call God many things. I call the universe to me, the universe and God, the source, the creator, it's all one. So I may use many terms when I speak. I work in 45 countries. So I can, not everybody uses the term God. We have Muhammad. We have Allah. We have so many different things. So I stick to the universe right now, but I do know that it's coming through me. It's coming right through the top of my head. It comes out my hands and it goes into the top of the head of the person that I'm working with. And You know, I can, I remotely, obviously I don't go to 45 countries. I remotely view people everywhere and we do healings. And all I do is close my eyes. And as far as I'm concerned, they're sitting right in front of me. And as you are right now, I can visualize and picture anybody and just go through it. This happened before the internet, okay? There was only a telephone. So when people were calling me from Australia and places like that, I didn't have a picture or a view. Sometimes I didn't have anything. I would ask somebody to send me a picture. And then I realized I didn't need the picture. And I would start to put their name on a piece of paper. I said, well, you know, I really don't need that either. It's really all about my thoughts. It's all about my thoughts. Thoughts become things. And,
0: you know, I don't know if that answers uh, the question. Um, Definitely answers the question. What does it feel like when you're receiving the energy that goes through you and you said your head are you would you say it's your crown chakra that it comes through Yes. and then does it go out your hand chakras as well
2: yes exactly uh i was told many years ago by someone that attended class that was extremely gifted in a very different way she told me that i could heal with my eyes as well and um i remember she drew something on my hands at one point and she disappeared Into she went, I think, into that she quit her job, sold her house, and went into the mountains of Mexico somewhere. And I have no idea what actually happened to her. But um, before she left, she came to me for a healing and uh, from a, a car accident she had been in. She had severe pain and driving, her and her husband were driving all these distances and hours and days, probably weeks. And I, uh, I did a healing on her and she did contact me and told me it was still working three weeks later. She, could feel, she was sensitive enough to feel the energy running through her spine and the pain was gone. So um, I, I, I will repeat that to people sometimes that the healing doesn't stop when I stop. It just keeps going. Some people may have to wait a day, some four days, some a week before significant changes start to happen. But I trust I trust what comes through me, wherever it comes from. I trust it. It's always from the highest light of God. That's the way I ask for it. And always for the highest good of the person in front of me. So therefore, I can do nothing wrong at that point. It's always for the highest good of the person. And maybe that person has to transition. Maybe that person has to pass. And it's my job to help them do that. So again, it's always for the highest good and of all concerned. So I recently had, uh, well, we had several deaths in my family very recently and, and several funerals, actually two on the same day. Uh, but at, I was away on vacation, and I while I was there, someone contacted me, about a little boy, and it happened to be on the island I was in, and the little boy, five years old, had suffered from a brain aneurysm. And I immediately went out on the deck, where I was staying and I went into complete healing mode and my hands were on fire and they were lifting up and coming out. I don't control it. It just does what it has to do. And sometimes they come together and sometimes I shake back and forth and sometimes I move. It's always different. Do What do I feel? Sometimes I feel merged with the person in front of me like there's no difference between us sometimes i feel like i disappeared into their energy other times i feel perfectly normal i'm focused i am i'm i'm going through whatever i do during a healing all my thoughts uh because they become things but in this case with this little boy um there's always hope and i don't believe in giving people uh negative news or um uh, You know, a lot of people in the medical field have no choice because that's the way they're trained, and this is what we have to say. It's not how I work. Um, My job is to offer hope in any circumstance. And he passed. The young man passed. I would have gone to see him because he was where I was, but he was uh, airlifted to another island. And um, so I just had to do it there. And my sister-in-law passed while I was there, and I knew he was going to pass. Once I heard she passed, I knew he was going to pass. It was just a feeling inside me. And then I got the information. So, um, you know, I also call myself claircognizant. cognizant. I feel things, I know things. I don't know how I know things, I just know things. And it's not like I channel, uh, I know what you two do. And I do channel, but I channel differently, all right? I'm not speaking to loved ones on the other side, however. I have seen my husband and heard him very clearly, but it's not what I do. I don't know whether it's because I don't choose to do it. I like what I do. I like healing. It's the first gift I was given. And to me, the strongest. And I like teaching. And because I've taught so many in so many countries in so many years, there are just thousands and thousands of them out there that are doing this work. They're spreading God's light okay you're a light worker you're a light worker we're all light workers if we step into it okay everybody all right let's let's just talk for a second about an empath and the way that I might explain an empath an empath is someone who feels others energy okay you can maybe feel someone's emotions maybe like me you'll just know something about them every person that comes through my door and every person that gets on with me online i can feel them i can feel them right away Doesn't affect me in a negative way because I'm always protected, but I can feel their energy. So, um, if if you're if we're all empaths when we begin, the only difference is if you're a narcissist, a sociopath, or a psychopath. (laughs) Those are the only ones, the psychopath and sociopath are not empathetic in any way. And a narcissist is pretty much empathetic for themselves uh, and not you. So everybody else is just a different degree of an empath. And where does that education come from? I know we're going to step into another category. That comes from past lives. Our university is on the other side. It's in other lifetimes. We learn and come back and learn and come back and we learn and come back. And that's how, and when we come into the life we're living right now, we are enhancing the gifts we've already worked for. Listen, it's an amazing life that I live and uh, I'm humbled. I'm humbled by it every day because somebody walks out of here healed in different ways when they're transitioning, I am helping them eliminate pain. I am teaching them about the other side. I am teaching them that they will not miss a single thing once they go home. They can do more for us there than they can here. And this is the truth because they're from a very different place. Uh, They can whisper in our ears. uh, And of course that's in, in your voice, not necessarily theirs. And I could expand on that too, but I'm gonna to try to stay tight or you're not gonna get any questions to me. Um, but again, I'm humbled every day. I see it all the time. I see people leave. I see people's eyes change, faces change, energies change. Uh, sometimes I have to do the healing before I talk to them because sometimes their anxiety is so strong that they can't even make eye contact with me. So again, then I make the decision, okay, I need to do the healing first. Uh, I've had a woman with mental illness that couldn't speak at all. She hadn't spoken in two years. And she was brought to me by her young daughters uh, who you know, called me and begged me. It was after hours and they were halfway home. And I said, turn around, come back. And this was so many years ago. And she sat there and she just, she went like this and she couldn't look at me. And I'm like, I'm not going to get anywhere talking to her. I need to heal her first and then talk. So I moved her to the chair that I do healing in. And uh, just in a few minutes, she started to talk. She started to laugh. Uh, The kids, the girls started to cry and it just, everything changes, just changes. And I sit there and I look with amazement because I can't not be amazed Uh, When you have a drug addict come in and tell you that he, he um, shot up heroin before he walked in your door. No. Exactly. I have to know that they really want healing. Okay. And this particular gentleman, and I've had many, uh, this particular one, I knew in his heart I could feel it, that he really wanted to heal. But this is an addiction. It's an illness. It's not something, once you get in, he's... So anyway, I did a healing on him. And he opened his eyes. And I saw he looked around my room like this. And he said, I haven't had clarity since I was 13. And he was 38. He had started drugs that young. And of course, it exacerbates and becomes much bigger and a bigger monkey uh, on their back. And he never... He walked out of my house clean, clean. Now, how do I know that? Because I ran into him twice, at two different occasions. Uh, his son happened to go to school with my grandson, and I went to my grandson's communion two years later. So I knew his son was six. So this was eight, and I saw him, and he looked completely different. He was in a white suit, he, and I knew he was estranged from his wife, but. When they walked away and I walked up to him and I reminded him who I was and we had a nice big hug and I left. And when I was pulling out of the the parking lot of the church, I saw him walking hand in hand with his wife and child. So I said, "Okay." And then two years later, I saw him again at a concert uh, for the school, uh, for the elementary school. And uh, he was standing at the door, and I I had to leave because I had clients. I ran there at nine o'clock in the morning so that I could be part of the concert. But I had to start at ten and was like a mile away, so I was running to get out. And he wouldn't let me go. And I, I had I, it was ninety two degrees with no air, and he was dripping. And, and you know he gave me a big bear hug. So these are the things. Uh, just some of the things. The stories are just. They're incredible. They're incredible. And I'm just giving you little tiny bites. It's amazing to me what I see. Sometimes I see a physical infection that's like this on, on a soccer player's shin. Uh, for and, and It's like bright red, burning hot. And my son brought him home to me and he's sitting in my dining room. And I he just looked down and I'm watching this infection close right under my hands and right in front of my eyes. So he was speechless, I was speechless. There's not a lot you can say when things
1: like that happen, except it doesn't come from me. It came well, from up there,
2: I have nothing
0: to do with it.
1: Those stories are so amazing, Pat. And thank you so much for sharing those stories. I wanted to, um, so our channel is for beginners. I try to gear it toward beginners. So if someone is watching this right now, Um, they're either having a spiritual awakening or they're interested in healing or they're very skeptical, but people come to you either because they're having a spiritual awakening like I did and just said, you know, you asked me, why are you here? I said, I have no idea. (laughs) I get that more (laughs) often than you think. And, um, and then I saw a bunch of things, which I'll explain in another video, but then you come to, you go, you have people that um, come to you when they've tried other avenues. It's many doctors, many other types of healing and they come to you. So for the beginner, what would you describe energy healing as? And what um, could what would you say to somebody who has never experienced uh, energy healing and come to you and say, um, I want a healing? What what do I expect? What is it? Um, all the questions that beginners would have in a beginner's perspective. Yeah.
2: I typed something like that up the other day because I put it in my drafts because it is something that we get asked a lot. Uh, What does she do? What can I expect? So on and so forth. Well, listen, I'm not a doctor and I'm not God. I I say that I work in the miracle business because that's what I see. Is it for everyone? No, I can't. And I will often tell people that if your doctor can't explain it to you, or your doctor has no answers for you. I have no guarantees either. This is a God thing. So with what I would say to somebody, sometimes I have to introduce myself and just kind of explain uh, how I got it, which I just explained to you, and maybe a story or two, which gives them some hope, uh, at the possibility of a healing. Um, but I'm their last ditch effort. OK, as you said, there, there's nothing anybody can do. So people come to me with fourth stage cancers. They don't come to me in the beginning. If, if they came to me in the beginning, I could head it off at the pass. Uh, it would be so different if I could get to the emotional traumas that are eating people up inside. But when you get to me in fourth stage, now I've got to pedal backwards. All right. And again, a lot of people come this way. So um, I have to dig deep. Uh, with with the counseling piece. I first have to find the issue, all right? So now let's say somebody doesn't know the issue. They think they do when I say, give me your traumas, your emotional traumas that may have created this. And so they'll tell me one, ah, I don't feel it. And then they'll tell me something else. Ah, I still don't feel it. And then I have, I said, we got to go back further. And we backtrack until the tears come. The, that's when I know, That I have found the real issue. And a lot of people don't remember or think that something that started in childhood could actually be created. Cancer takes a long time to grow. And I'm just talking about cancer right now because I get every kind of disease. Uh, But it takes a long time to grow, it could take 20 years to get to its max, all right? Because you've done nothing in between to forgive it or let it go or do some healing for yourself by counseling, whatever it takes. Um, So you know, I'm going to do that with people first. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to explain, like I told you, it doesn't come from me. It comes through me. I'm just the vehicle. So it only takes five minutes. So the healing is always at the end. It's not in the beginning. It's always at the end. I want to talk to people first and see if I could find the issue and then teach them, literally teach them how to heal the situation. Now, they get homework from me. You guys know that. They get homework from me, and that homework has a list of tools. All right. So I'm going to jump. I'm going to say, if somebody comes in and says to me, I don't know why I'm here. All right. I said, well, We could do physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual. Let's start with the physical. And then I ask some questions and I'll say, well, talk to me about your emotional traumas. Rarely do I have to go mental um, unless somebody really has a serious uh, uh, psychological issue. Um, I've even had somebody that had 13 13, uh, personalities. That was interesting because I wasn't warned. (laughs) Um, But I believe that anybody that comes through my door Or comes to me like this is supposed to be there and those that can't don't something happens to interrupt that sometimes people are interrupted for many years before they come to me because they heard of me but they don't actually make it for five years or more and I say because this had to happen from here to there before you came to me we had to culminate what was going on you had to culminate what was happening in your life all these things until you got to me it's always the right timing Always people get appointments with me in a day, yet I have a waiting list. Doesn't matter. If they're supposed to come ahead of somebody else, somebody's gonna cancel. And we're gonna put them right in. And they'll say, Oh my god, this is my mother's birthday. And she passed away. Oh, if this is my birthday. This is my birthday gift to myself. You know, everybody's there because they're supposed to be there. I don't run this show, okay? It's run by a much higher power. And I will also tell you this, I know I'm deviating, but that, that's me. So you just, I, I don't have ADHD, but you're gonna see me move all over. Um, when I started teaching those classes, it, they built themselves. It was like I started and I had a handful of people. And next thing you know, my room filled, it was my living room at the time. And then I had a waiting list. And it was, I was rotating people in and out of the class based on who couldn't come and who could. And then I asked my husband, do you think we could make a room, build something that we could make more space? So we did, we knocked down a wall. He, he, we all jumped in and, and figured it out. And I had room now for 20 people and myself. And by the time those, the paint was dry, I had four classes and every one of them had a waiting list. And I'm teaching. I mean, I did for a week. I did for a week. I did the morning. I did the nights. Uh, you know. And, and well, let's just...
1: back up if we can just back up for a second because you keep jumping in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's interesting because earlier you mentioned in path, and now you're talking about classes. But with your healing, you discovered a lot of people that came to you were empaths, and they had spiritual gifts, and then your classes developed because they needed to expand and learn how to practice their spiritual gifts. So um, you're hired
2: as my PR.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and you and, and I do want to mention your book, because you do have a wonderful book called the gifts beneath your anxiety, simple spiritual tools to find peace, awaken the power within and heal your life. That book alone, um, yes, thank you, is worth its weight in gold because not only, you know, we've had a healing from you, we've healed, now what? What the hell just happened? Excuse my French, what just happened? You know, what's going on? Let me dig deeper. Let me read your book. Not only did I read your book, I read all the books that you mentioned mentioned because I had no idea what to do after I had a healing with you. You know, it didn't make sense to me and I wanted to find out more. So moving forward, you started your classes. We have a lot of viewers that are discovering their own own, um, gifts. In the spiritual world and they are impasse and they're coming to our channel to find out that you know we create our own realities and how do we move forward with this information to be light lightworkers um, what information would you give to them because you're you have a a myriad of gifts let's say healing's one of them yeah. helping others is one of them and you help us so much all the impasse that are wondering what do i do with all these these things going on uh, what advice would you give to them
2: well, when I began, I read books like you. I, I was a voracious reader. I, I would buy six to 10 at the bookstore. so I couldn't get enough. I couldn't read them fast enough. I said in the book that I swallowed them whole, and that's the truth. I just get <laughs> Very rarely did I put something aside and feel if I felt, hmm, this isn't resonating with me, I might put it over here. But I'd always go back to it. Sometimes it's the timing isn't right. Or maybe, listen, because I keep talking about us all being so different, Everybody channels differently. Everybody thinks and perceives differently. So they write different stories in different ways. And it may not resonate with you on that day or you or me. But again, a year later, two years later, it might be the right time to step into that. It's just their perception and our perception coming together. People need to read first. I I do believe that there's a lot, many, so many spiritual books out there that you can learn from. Uh, Everyone has intuition. So even in choosing those books, sometimes uh, you need to just get the thought going through your head and feel something in your body because your body doesn't lie. That empath tells the truth, the solar plexus, the the, um, clairsentience, clear clear feeling that doesn't lie. So when you feel something that you're being drawn to something or being pushed away from something, you have to pay attention to that. Everybody has to pay attention to that. Um, Let's little deviation. Again, let's say we walk into a party, Uh, could be a home party, it could be a club party, depending upon your age or whatever. And you're being introduced to someone and you're feeling a resistance. You're feeling this push pull, this resistance in your body, they did nothing to you. Yet something's telling you, I don't really like that person. Pay attention to that. Don't engage back up, back up and go find something else to do. Uh, If you feel drawn to a person and there's like an energy merge. It's almost like I've known you all my life. You feel like my sister. You feel like my best friend. That is a soulmate. We have many soulmates. Soulmates are not just the people we marry or fall in love with. Your mother could be your soulmate. Your son could be your soulmate. That just means you've lived other lifetimes with those souls. And you know each other, you recognize each other, but you also may recognize this as somebody that also was in another lifetime with you. And that is not a good time or person for you at this moment. I did it once, believe me, I know I've tried all these things out. And six months later, I was burned, burned, burned. So you have to take your experiences, each of you, every person listening, and pay attention to the outcomes of things. And remember what you felt like when you originally met Or connected with that person whether it's a partner uh, again a business partner a, a romantic partner a friend doesn't matter all right so now
0: so that's great advice pat and it's really helpful and i've felt that throughout my life particularly when i haven't cared for someone i've known right away and it never i never processed it as intuition until my spiritual awakening and i'm like oh Looking back, all these things made sense. I'm wondering, I want to shift gears to what advice do you have for people to recognize fraudulent spiritual healers? Because we're talking about, you know, a resistance or not resonating. And, you know, Juliet and I love you and we believe in you. But there are people out there that are frauds.
2: Yes, many, 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 unfortunately, and readers, channelers as well. They're they're frauds, and that's why um, psychic, the word psychic is given such a bad name because so many people have cheated, and I live in New York, so uh, in New York City, they're all over the place, and uh, my son-in-law's father is a police officer, and he worked those streets, and he's a retired police officer, but he worked those streets, and it was very hard for him to even have a conversation with me in the beginning because... It's all fraudulent, not all. I'm not going to say all. It's not everybody. There are some really amazing mediums and healers in Manhattan. However, I'm on Long Island and they're on, every, they, believe me, there are, are um, uh, storefronts, storefronts, psychic, tarot, you know, palm reading, all this kind of stuff. Well, th- it's not that they don't have intuition. Let me be very clear about that. These people have intuition no different than you or Juliet or I or the people watching. However, they use it. They learn to build it so that they can cheat. So it's like they're looking you in the eye and they're telling you something that is resonating with you but their hand is in your pocketbook, okay? And then they're they're conning you, conning you and then they're frightening you, okay? So anybody that's listening, someone that's not legit is going to start telling you something fearful, they're going to try to instill fear. So they'll do it about your child. If they know you have a child, they might say an illness is going to befall that child or your relationship. Well, if you really want to stay with this partner, you're going to have to buy this. Okay, so it begins simply, it'll start with candles. And then from candles, it might go well, listen, I've sent people to the district attorney, for this and they can't do anything because this is like for entertainment purposes and you did it and you handed them your money and we can't get it back don't go again okay but it is bad out there and there are some i've even had somebody move in with them and then she couldn't get out uh, they befriend you and next thing you know i uh, I, you know they're coming to me, help me. Or they they've given away seven thousand dollars and they're told that it's I we had to bury it or we had to burn it in order for this to work for your child or your partner or whatever. It's it's they instill fear, but they do it slowly. Okay, they do and they raise their children the same way because they have intuition, so they raise them. But let me just say one thing about the quality of what they do. What happens is you ladies who raise your vibration uh, with the light and God and the universe, you put out the good intentions. What they do, because, and so therefore you get clear channeling from a higher level. These people will never reach that higher level. They can't. So they can only go so far. All right, first of all, God doesn't like ugly. Okay, right off the bat, but they're, we all have free will choice, and some people get taken in, I had a girl, a woman, a very intelligent woman, who came to me for quite a while, and then she kind of disappeared, and she had a breakup with a partner and next thing you know, somebody from a storefront saw her sadness and they Came right out and leapt on her, and next thing you know, uh, you know, months and months and months go by, and she calls me up, and now she's got some questions, and she's calling this person a spiritual healer, and I'm like, really? Okay, and I, I said, you better watch in your rearview mirror who's following you home, because she lived alone, uh, she had inherited money. I'm like, you know, you come to me now, you come to me now after you've, over- and she wouldn't tell me the amount of money she had given, but trust me, I assure you, it was quite a bit but how well, does it's heartbreaking.
1: It's heartbreaking. It is. It is. We did a whole video on spiritual fraud um, because uh, I didn't spend a lot of money, but I went down a rabbit hole that made me feel um, less than gave me fear about my spiritual gifts. And so we want to make sure our um, listeners and YouTube viewers understand if they cause fear, Fear or make you feel less than in any way, shape, or form. That is somebody you do not need to see. Um, and even and and even when you're in a down um, in a downward uh, feeling bad or in a depressed state, and and uh, you want to, but but you're spiritually awakening and you want to see what's out there. Uh, sometimes those things seek you out, but you have to say no to that, and you have to know that you are a light being of God, and that you are here to shine your light and not live in fear. So I just wanted to add that. Well,
2: I'm going to add something to that. And it's not just the psychics or healers. All right. the teachers, you know, people part of what you asked me before is how you would tell somebody to get going or started. And I said, started with the books, but it's also going out and finding classes. Okay. They're all over the place. They're all online. However, just yesterday a woman came to me and uh she she attended a couple classes of mine years ago just a few and uh, she sees me uh, in a healing capacity and she told me that she went to a teacher you know anybody that's in my class i always say you can go out to others explore go see you know i don't know everything Go find more things, okay? Maybe you'll learn this, maybe you'll learn that. Maybe you'll learn you went to the wrong teacher. This is, these are things people learn. Maybe you'll meet a best friend. There's always a reason. Everything happens for a reason. It, it, but uh, this woman said to me that the teacher that she went to, she said, you know, when I saw you the last time, you, when you did a healing on me, you opened me wide. I was doing readings. I was doing great. And then I went to this teacher and all of a sudden, Everything seemed to stop. It just made me feel bad, and I said, well, sometimes when you outshine the teacher, the teacher doesn't they're going to demean you, they don't want you but listen, I can't speak for everybody. I just hear a lot of this. People come back and tell me I, I for some reason, I'm like the the hub, and everybody comes back and tells me stories, no matter what, no matter how long it could be twenty years ago, more. And they come back and they tell me these things. They show up in my class 20 years later and this happened and this happened and this happened. I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. So you have to, this is my advice, okay? This is my advice. Each person that's listening, as well as yourselves, you must, you all have guides. Everyone has a spiritual guide. I don't care how dark a human you are. You all came in with a spiritual guide. All right, I'm I'm not gonna go into a whole story on what a spiritual guide is, but we have them. We get assigned to them and they love us very much and they come when we're conceived. So ask your guide. You don't have to know who it is. You don't have to hear a voice in your head or see a picture. Just ask your guide to place people of integrity in your path. Give me a teacher of integrity. I tell people, if you're gonna hire a plumber, ask the universe Ask your guides, thank you for bringing me the plumber with integrity, good work, ethic, and fair pricing. This is how I proceed. okay? This is I even go into the motor vehicle and I ask, for, I ask for the parking space. I thank, I thank, I'm grateful for the parking space. then I go in and I expect to be in and out in 15 minutes. And it's amazing to me what happens. but I always ask for the person behind that, that uh, counter to have integrity. Good work ethic, get me in and out the door. I do. I mean, I've been doing it for years and years and years and years and years. I will get the fourth parking space if that's what I ask for because I don't want to be greedy. And if it's a rainy day and I want to be close to the store, I say, okay, I'll take the fourth space. (laughs) Don't give me the first, I'll take the fourth. And as I'm coming down the aisle, the fourth car is backing out. People are always shocked and amazed by the stuff I ask for.
1: And everybody can. Go ahead. Yeah, everybody can. Everyone can this is and and we should do a whole video on intention because on this spiritual awakening, I find that intention, setting your intentions is the number one thing. And I think that you just said that in so many different ways with throughout this interview. So as, as all these beginners are spiritually beginning to awake. Let's set our intentions to connect with our guides, set intentions to connect with our higher selves, with God, with the universe and have that great parking space at the supermarket. You know, how small or large, how small or large. That is correct. Let's start setting those intentions. And even like, let me have a wonderful experience. I don't want a dark night of the soul experience while I'm spiritually awakening. I want everything to be happy. I'm still human. I'm still going to experience human things. But make my um, experiences or lessons um, at least uh, the least amount of trauma as possible. And make them wonderful. No negative words. I shouldn't say even trauma, right? Let's make them as wonderful as possible. So, well, thank you, Pat, for reiterating that.
2: Well, I'm I'm gonna tag on you, okay? And, and I'm going to say that everyone, when you wake up in the morning, all right. I'll, I'm going to use a demonstration with my hands. Here's God, angels, guides, loved ones, uh, saints, depending upon your religious belief. So everybody out there in the universe, there's lots more but these are the ones we work with and refer to primarily. Now it's not their job, including God's, to discern what's good for us or bad for us. Their job is to match the vibration we wake up with in the morning. So when we wake up with fear, they are going to bring that to your doorstep or more to be afraid of. But if we change it to gratitude and we bring gratitude in, and again, it's intention, it's thought, thoughts become things. So you bring the gratitude in and what happens, they match it with more to be grateful for. So it really does start with intention and thought. It's all about it. And when I do a healing, I'm thinking, I'm going through your body. I'm looking at different parts of you, your your neurological, your vascular, your central nerve, wherever the issues are, I'm going to go. Okay. Yesterday I was shaving a bunion off in my head. It's all done by thought. All right. I, I sand lesions off people's brains. I do so many different things, but.
0: I need to book an appointment for my bunion developing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wanted
1: to say, um, you know, Pat, we didn't mention this, but you have some wonderful meditations available on YouTube and we're going to put the links below. And one of them is. Um, your universal white light meditation, and I did that again and again and again uh, for months on end before I could even connect uh, to my spirit guide or hear spirit or hear anything or et cetera, et cetera. But in that, in that meditation, you list the Lord's prayer. And no matter what religion, I'm sure and every religion has something. Uh, But that resonated with me so much as a simple way to set your daily intention, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just wanted to mention that as well for our viewers out there.
2: Well, it is the most viewed on YouTube. Uh, I, I don't know, I don't even know to what point I, I stop looking at ten thousand views, but it's viewed all the time, and people do always comment on it when they come in here, and they'll even when they write to me about that meditation. You do your meditation every day. I do your meditation every day, and it's helped me so much, and so on and so forth. But it is meditation that does help people open up, uh, and it's this one is full of protection as well but it's every one of them that's on there, the mind, body, spirit, healing your body, mind, and spirit, abundance, forgiveness, um, visiting a loved one that's crossed. They're all actually the five big ones that I have on YouTube and on iTunes were channeled by a young man. Uh, the first one was done by my nephew, the one you, that you listen to, he was a musician and we recorded that in up in his bedroom. And the others were channeled by someone, um, who channels archangels when he writes music. So I did the words, he did the music, and then I went into the studio and recorded those. And I can't tell you honestly how much feedback I get on them. Uh, the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer is in many different languages in many different countries. It is a universal prayer. It has nothing to do with religion or Catholicism or something. It it really doesn't, you know. I joke with people when they come in and they'll say something to me like, uh, uh, you know, they're uncomfortable because I have Jesus hanging on my wall. And uh, I'm like, I think Jesus was a Jew. (laughs) I believe, you know, they assume automatically that it's Catholic. And uh, it's not. It has nothing to do with it. Okay.
0: One of the things that I will want to ask is, or have you clarify how you were trained, because it's clear that you were trained through the universe versus taking like a Reiki class or taking another modality of healing. So, um,
2: yeah, I did not have any training like that. I went to one class and, uh, it was 10 weeks. It was, um, I called it metaphysical because there was a a little dabbling of anything that you didn't understand. Maybe um, one week, it was tarot cards. Another week, it could be UFOs, uh, angels, uh, dousing rods. We did different things all the time. I mean, every week, but the consistent piece of the class was protection, smudging, saging with white sage, and meditation. Those were the consistent things. So they are very powerful. Um, My class lasted 10 weeks and I told you what happened in the first three weeks at, at that point. I didn't know it had anything to do with class. I had no idea until the teacher had me touch that woman. And then I went into healing right away. So I went for another 10 weeks into a different class, which was more her elite class of people that had already moved forward with their gifts. And I still was the only healer in the class. And uh, you know, I wasn't getting direction. So it was on me. It was on me, whatever it was, I used my thoughts. I I read that book. Um, I utilized things that I learned in that book. Uh, Even, even when it came to charging people, let me be, be very clear. No one charges for a gift. It's not ours to charge for. However, the time you take away from your family, I had five children at home. Time you take away from your family. And I quit my job to do this, okay? Uh, Where I was actually getting paid physical money for it. And uh, you also pay for the the energy that is used because spirit uses our energy. It takes from us. Our physical energy is used. So you're, you're charging again for your time, for your energy, And as time goes by for your expertise, all right? And I'll often say to somebody, you go to get your car taken care of, it has to be serviced. You're paying by the hour, you're paying for the parts and you're paying for the serviceman that knows how to fix your car that you can't fix. All right? So that's kind of a simple explanation of even, again, just getting started on all of this. You know, everybody starts somewhere. And a lot of people will say, well, how can I charge? How can I charge? It's it's a barter system. It's just what went on many, many years ago with beads and furs and skins and food and so on and so forth. There has to be some kind of an exchange because otherwise there's no value. And I can't explain that to you. I do things for free all the time all the time. The people that I train, I'm getting ready to set up a fundraiser and they don't get paid for a fundraiser, but they still go and they volunteer and they do it. You know, and I try to teach that to everybody, you have to give back. That's what you do when you have a gift. You have to give back somewhere. You have to, I do it every weekend. I do it on my days off. I do it all the time. Okay. It's, you know, but, but Eileen, who was just, my sister floating around checking my plants. Um, she's my assistant. And uh she, you know, she screens everybody and she'll be reading all the emails. So she'll, she'll call me up. She calls me Patricia or Trisha. And um she'll say, Well, I'm gonna read this to you, but I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, do it for free. Put them on one of my days off. That's what we have to do. And, you know, again there's so much more to all of this, you know, it's not cut and dry. Um, You have to, you have to give back. That's, that's what I'm going to say there. And, you know, I work with a lot of babies and I have so many, one was with a heart issue yesterday and I have a lot of children in remission from cancer right now. And they've, they rang the bell this past year, two little ones, five and a six year old. And uh, I've never taken a penny from them. Uh, people come to me with little children who died. Am I going to charge that? You know, there are things that I, I just have to make sure I incorporate all of that into my practice and what I do, because I have to put my head on that pillow at night. And I have to know that I did the right thing and did the best I could in any given situation. So I go. I know it's off of where we started talking about, but so is everything. <laughs> Because I am the kind of person, my guides speak to me in storylines and what they do is they pop thoughts into my head and my mouth just moves. I don't stop. I don't question the thoughts that come into my head. I just go with them. And somebody's always learning something from them. Might not be what they thought when they started, but they do. Uh, anything else?
1: Well, I, I just want to thank you for keeping it real. I mean, even your sister walking in the background watering plants. <laughs> I love it because I think sometimes, you know, we're on the spiritual awakening and everything has to be so perfect or we're going to doubt this or doubt that or, you know, and no, we're all human and we're just keeping it real as you're interviewing your sisters watering the plant and we're talking about getting good parking spaces. I mean, it's all about being human. So I, I just wanted to say where, um where can people find out more about you, Pat, if they're interested in your services and your book?
2: Well... I kind of took over Google with my name. Uh, there is another Pat Longo, but he's a musician, and I don't think he's very happy with me because he was a band leader long before I was. And I just, it just a Google search uh, spiritual healer, all come up. Pat Longo, all come up. I have a website at www.patlongo.net. Um, my email patlongo1111 at gmail.com. That's probably the best way. Um, and of course, you'll get my florist uh, on the line. And oddly, she she did own a florist and she walked in to pick something up. She started checking my flowers. And I know I'm going to hear from her later because there's a couple of them that need a little work. And she was checking. She was feeling them. I could tell. She wasn't watering them. She was feeling them. She'll tell me, too much water, not enough water. Uh, but... That's who answers my emails. And she, um, again, she screens them for me and I know where I have to be and who's supposed to be at what place, at what time. I do not have, this is one last thing I'll say, I do not have a very long waiting list because I won't allow it. Now, I did a long time ago, many, many years ago, but a woman called me with fourth stage ovarian cancer and I had nowhere to put her for six months. And I said, this is not acceptable. I cannot do that. I have to take care of emergencies. You know, everybody's got their issues. Everybody's got their problems, but I need to focus on certain people that are in trouble. And, you know, I don't need to have people dying on my watch. You know, I have to do the best that I can. So we have, we limit them and it's like revisited. Uh, It just works. Worked all these years, so I'll, I'm, I'm never going to change that. Uh, it depends on how long I'm doing this, you know. You know, I'm 74, so I'm like, I think I probably have maybe 20 more years to do this. Uh, awesome, but- that is so
0: awesome that you're like, oh, 20 more years, keep going.
2: Yeah, I definitely have kind of like picked out 95. Uh, not that I'm leaving <laughs> the planet because I could stay longer, but um, I feel like. I still have that much more to do and, you know, maybe more books. I'm told all the time I'm going to write more books. I really don't want to. <laughs> and I say that with all good intentions, but it's a very tedious process and it takes a lot of work and a lot of time of which, you know, with 17 grandchildren, who has that kind of time? I don't. And, uh, I spend plenty of it. And again, a lot of my off time taking care of people that, uh, that I can't get in or see. I have one coming at three. I, you know, I've got a lot. I got another one. I just booked for tomorrow and one for Saturday and uh, you know, I, the the calls never stop. Uh, It's, it's almost like the wanting is always going to be there the need and the want and you know, I can only fill what I can fill and uh, you know, God, God takes care of the who.
0: Thank you so much for giving your time to this interview and to the audience and Juliet and me. We really appreciate it.
2: Well, I appreciate being asked and you certainly can pull on me at another time. I say yes, just about to everybody, because it's another way to get the information out. Each one of you has a different venue that, you know, and and they're going to go out. And that's how I judge every single podcast or interview that I do is really because it's going to go to more people that maybe I can't reach and you can.